Could it be that some of us living on this planet are not completely human? Could some people walking the face of this earth actually be a mix of DNA, part human and part ET? As difficult as this possibility may be to fathom, there are some who not only feel this to be the case, but say they themselves are ET human hybrids. Jacqueline Smith is one such individual, and she was featured in a book called Meet the Hybrids, The Lives and Missions of ET Ambassadors on Earth. I spoke with Jacqueline, along with the book's co-author, Barbara Lamb, about the reality of the hybridization of humans, the purpose of this program, and what these unique individuals have to impart to humanity. Take a listen. It is with absolute pleasure and long anticipated that I finally get to have on two individuals together who have an incredible journey to share. One of these individuals I have known for quite some time. She's been our, uh, on our show, I should say, several times before. And that's none other than the incredible Ms. Barbara Lamb. And the other individual I've gotten to know through her story. And it's one that I had the distinct honor of narrating recently from the best-selling book, Meet the Hybrids by Miguel Mendoza and Barbara Lamb. And that's Jacqueline Smith, one of the hybrids featured in the book. Jacqueline, I'm going to start right in with a question for you if I may. How does it feel to be called a hybrid by others? Before you answer that, I want to say that for myself, as an individual who tends to shun any one label as a way to describe someone or something, it took some getting used to for me to refer to you all as, quote, hybrids as a label, because I know each of you are so much more than that. But I'd love for you to comment on that. And welcome, by the way, to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. The label of hybrid, I think, mainly is a way for people to um, become familiar with who we are or simply to identify us in a little different way because um, those of us who are hybrids have been genetically enhanced. And so when my mother was on the starship when she they took her when she was pregnant they injected a dna cocktail of seven different races into me so they enhanced who i was and so i do carry that star being dna within me that's not everyone's experience on earth we're all star seeds, but that's that's how we defined hybrid um, when when we were interviewed for Meet the Hybrids. Okay, understood. Very interesting that you said we are all star seeds. When you say we are all, do you mean the entire human race? Yes. Really? Yes. Could you elaborate on that just a, a tad? We're, as you can tell, audience, we're getting right into this. This is going to be a fantastic conversation talking with Jacqueline Smith and uh, Barbara Lamb. But yeah, we're all star seeds. How so? Well, no one is from Earth. And we were all, you know, created here by different councils of star beings. So the DNA was set up to create the human race here. 
um, by actually two or three different councils of star beings. And so then after them creating uh, the genetics, we could say uh, the mantis beings were a big part of that, creating the genetics, and then the physical could manifest. So, so every being on Earth actually is a starseed. That also includes trees, animals, uh, all, all beings are from other star systems. Interesting. That's a big one to swallow. And this is really part of this conversation, I think, is about recognition of, the, of our origins. Because we know that if we all, all seven and a half, maybe more, a billion of us, uh, most of those aren't aware of such such a thing. But you are, and you've got an incredible story to, to share. Listen, not only are we going to go deep when it comes to understanding the dynamic and reality of ET human hybrids, uh, but Jacqueline, we're going to we're going to hear more from you about your journey and discovering that you are a hybrid and your life trajectory in that regard. We're also going to hear messages from what you refer to. We just started talking about that star beings. And we may just even get a taste of what is called light language, light language and what that sounds like. So stand by for that, everyone. In the meantime, and thank you, by the way, Jacqueline. In the meantime, Barbara, if you would, I would love for you to give us just a little background on what inspired you and Miguel to write an entire volume on the reality of ET human hybrids and how you were able to find such dynamic individuals to share their stories. Oh, it was such an exciting process. And I had no idea previously that it was coming into my life. But gradually, I began to, this was several years ago, I began to meet people who were hybrids. Uh, the first one I met was Cynthia Crawford, wonderful, wonderful woman. And oh, about seven or eight years ago at a UFO conference, she came up next to me and I looked at her and had never seen her before. And the instant I saw her, and especially her beautiful eyes, I, I did a a double take and she could see that I had a surprised expression on my face and she said what and I said oh well I hope you don't mind me saying this but you remind me of a hybrid now this is a person I had never seen before let alone knowing and when I said you remind me of a hybrid she smiled and she said yes I am am a hybrid. So that was a, a banner moment in my life that I will never forget. I, I can picture it absolutely perfectly right now, all these years later. And you see, before that, I had been regressing, oh, probably at least 1,500 people who had been having extraterrestrial encounters of various types. And through all that work, I had certainly talked to and regressed uh, many women who had had hybrid children uh, with the ETs. And those hybrid children were not human enough uh, in proportion to be able to live on Earth. So they 
grew up and lived on the ships. And these women would occasionally be taken uh, for a visit with their hybrid children. But those hybrid children, it was said by the beings in many of these situations, uh, that the hybrid children would not be able to be raised here on earth, even though some of the mothers really wanted to raise them here on earth. Some of them didn't, uh, but they would not be able to survive on earth. And, and so that's why they never did live here. So when I met Cynthia, this was my first indication that, oh my goodness, people who are hybrids are, or some of them, are able to live here on Earth. And I was intrigued by that. I liked the idea very much because here was this beautiful human being and just lovely, sort of glowing personality and and full of light. And she was an ET human hybrid. So a couple of years later, at another International UFO Congress, a friend of mine brought somebody over to meet me. And when I looked at her, the one who was brought over, I immediately had the intuition, she's a mantis being. Mm. And I said to her, oh, you." I, mean, I felt very bold in doing <laughs> this, but I said, <laughs> you're a mantis being. And she leaned closer and she said, good for you. I am a mantis being. I am from the planet Estacon. And uh, that, of course, was very enticing and exciting for me. And we had lunch together. And subsequently, we spent a whole week together. She came and visited me in California. And I became more and more convinced every day that she had a lot of mantis being in her and and so that was the beginning of my fascination with hybrids. And then, as it happened, synchronistically, um, there were two gatherings that I was invited to, like weekend gatherings, not conferences, but just gatherings of people in a large home. And there were uh, a few hybrids there a couple of whom I had never met before, and I got to know them. And I I was absolutely intrigued and, frankly, thrilled that there were human beings walking around, looking like humans, acting like humans, and yet with a significant uh, proportion of extraterrestrial genetics in them. And just about that time, this was the spring of 2015, this young man from England, Miguel Mendonca, who was a writer, he was calling me. Um, he somehow found out, I don't remember how, that I uh, was knowing some hybrids who were living here on Earth. And he was intrigued with the subject and was asking me for every detail that I possibly knew. 
And after a couple of those conversations, he said, Barbara, why don't we write a book together? And so we did. And it was an amazing process. Um, I had already met Jacqueline Smith and Cynthia Crawford and Robert Fullington, uh, three of our hybrids in the Meet the Hybrid audiobook, and um, had heard about a couple of the other ones. So anyway, I agreed, yes, let's collaborate on a book, because for one thing, I knew that by writing the book with him, I would be doing a lot more research and a lot more knowing of other hybrids and about the whole process. And I was very, very eager to have that learning. So we wrote the book and it was only about eight months later uh, after long interviews with eight people who considered themselves hybrids, uh, only after about eight months, we had the book published, which I think is remarkable. But we were both so caught up in the whole process of knowing these wonderful people who are ET human hybrids. So we did long interviews with each one. And those interviews, I think, were designed to be about two hours, but they all went on for at least four hours. We were so absolutely intrigued. And it also seemed, in every case, that the hybrids were so appreciative, grateful, delighted to be able to have a voice about their experience of being a hybrid. And through these interviews, we learned so much and had so much of a feeling of connection with the wonderful extraterrestrial beings, as Jacqueline says, the star beings whom they have the genetics of. So it's not that we met the beings directly, but through the hybrids, we we felt like we were getting to know these excellent beings out there in space. So with each person, we had a second interview, which went on for about four hours. And in many cases, we had other conversations with the hybrids. And so it added up to a lot of knowing about Absolutely. them. Absolutely. This is... Yeah, this is incredible. Jacqueline, I, I, I can kind of feel your your head nodding, even though I can't see you affirmatively. I don't know if I'm right or not, but I want... <laughs> I, I was nodding my head. Yeah, <laughs> I could feel it. I think this would be a great time for you to jump in. This is a great story. Of course, I've, I've heard it quite a few times at this point, having now being so intimately involved in the project, I kind of feel like I was there. But why don't you weigh in a little bit, if you would, Jacqueline, on just this, you know, as I listen to b- both Barbara and Miguel, and I have spoken with uh, Robert, Robert Fulling, Frost Fullington. Um, so I, I really have a sense that this was more than just a project of writing a book. We know that. There were some very, very deep and visceral uh, connections made. Talk a little bit about that from your perspective, Jacqueline, what that was like for you. Well, it was amazing to be able to um, share my story with 
with both Miguel and, and Barbara and um, to be able to open up to really be able to express who I really was in, in such an open way and to be appreciated, to be accepted. And, and through that process, um, I already knew Barbara, but, but through the process, um, we all became very, very close. We're all family <laughs> and very, very connected. Um, and it was delightful to watch uh, Miguel go through his process, going from being a researcher, writer about this, really with with no experiences with hybrid, uh, with hybrids, and I think he had had one experience to just see him completely blossom, open into. Um, embracing us and, and coming to realizations that that what we were talking about really was true. And, and, and then to watch him continue to expand and grow was just is, is just amazing. Uh, you know and and again, you know we're very we're all very, very close and Robert and I became closer. We had met each other at a conference and had the experience of we just looked at each other, knew we had seen each other, uh, been together on ships. It, it was pretty uh, amazing, and there were some people around us watching all of watching us connect. And and then um, there was a time when actually when we were at Cynthia's house. And he and I looked at each other. We were just kind of hanging out after the conference. Robert and I looked at each other and did the mantis. I know. Bow. I wanted to say that for you because I remember reading that. I remember speaking that. And we both did the mantis bow. And I just, I, I was beaming from ear to ear when I recorded that. That's amazing. It, it, it was spontaneous. And what was so fun is there were um, pretty much everybody there at Cynthia's was a hybrid. And so they all got it, and and they were just like, oh my gosh! And then Robert and I started doing all these different um, energy things, and we were uh, filling some of Cynthia's sculptures with with the different with the mantis energy, you know, filling her mantis sculptures with wow. the mantis energy. I want, I want to say for the record, if I may, um, and, and Cynthia Crawford. Uh, she had just done some amazing work and I think she's been out, had been out in the circuit quite a bit. So some in our audience may know the name, but uh, I, I feel like Cynthia is still here. Unfortunately, we did lose Cynthia. Oh, about a year and a half ago, I believe, maybe close to two. Well, almost, almost a year, a year. not even a year. a year. Wow. Not yeah. even a year. Yeah. And I know that she had yeah. been uh, battling. She's gone through so much. But as I said at the beginning of the book, may you finally be back among the stars and uh, I'm sure she is and hopefully listening and, and, and beaming over there wherever over there is so I, I, I can feel her around can right you now. really can you really yeah mm. yes I uh, have communications from have Cynthia. you and, and so I, I can she's laughing right now by the way hi so. Cynthia oh, good 
Hi, Cynthia. Oh, I never had a chance to meet her. Hello, Cynthia. Oh, she was so wonderful. Yeah. And a really beautiful woman. Except beautiful woman as well, physically and inside and out. And I felt like I knew her. I was so sorry that I didn't have a chance to, to actually meet her. But again, if you can hear, if you can hear us, Cynthia, give us a sign, would you? <laughs> give us, give us a sign. I'll let you all know out there if we get something. But that's great. That's great. Oh, boy. Poor Cynthia. Cynthia passed away um, a little, well, almost a year ago. Um, she, oh, and she was dealing with cancer. And of course, that was very, very difficult. And she knew that she would be leaving. But she said to me, and I'm sure to others uh, several times, that it was all right, really, because her star beings had been telling her that she would be working with them on the ships and that she would be able to be even more helpful with humans here on Earth than she had been when she was living here in person on Earth. And I think that was wonderful. She never seemed to waver from that confidence that she would be living with them and working with them and was actually looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I think that's a testament not only to, we, we say, you know, particularly when you go through a, a battle as, as hideous as cancer, cur- we, we use the word courage. They, ha- they fought a courageous battle, but it sounds like not that she was resigned, but she understood that the, obviously this uh, incarnation is not the only one and that there are other things to do elsewhere. So that really is a testament to the the um, authenticity of, of her of her story uh, of being hybrids. Here's a question I want to ask you, Jacqueline, and Barbara as well. In terms of, you know, we, we talk about these uh, various species and many more, I think, in recent years, more people have become familiar with terms like the mantis, the reptilians, the uh, palladians, uh, the, the feline beings, the raptors, I've heard. There are so many different species, um, many of which I'm not familiar with. But what would you say, uh, given the eight of you, how many species do you think you were interacting with amongst yourselves? Jacqueline or Barbara, either either one. Well, there yeah, there are several. Each each person, each hybrid, had um, a few uh, different species whose genetics they have and with whom they interact very frequently. Um, I I did have this added up in my head. I think there were about at least sixteen um, different species of extraterrestrials uh, whose genetics were in our hybrids, uh, perhaps uh, two or three more. Mm -hmm. Wow. Jacqueline, can you? And some of them uh, had connections and genetics with uh, the same beings. And, And then many of them had connections with beings and genetics from beings whom the other ones did not have. The genetics of so there was quite a variety Jacqueline I think you had um, you and Vanessa had the most different species in your makeup is that how you see it 
Um, yes, I I um, refer to myself as a blended <laughs> blended soul. We could say because I have my star. My star origin is Quabar, and um, that's that's my soul star frequency, which I carry through all lives. But I carry the tall white Zeta hybrids. Um, they're key for me in this lifetime. They're kind of my star parents. Mantis, Arcturian hybrid. Um, I carry dolphin light being, an amphibian light being, and a celestial. All, all, those are all parts in, of my DNA. Mm. Very interesting. And when you think of it, not unlike uh, Homo sapiens sapien, even though we as well are uh, star seeds, but look at the, the potpourri of ethnicities and, and cultures that we all come from. So it's quite interesting. Quite interesting. Well, I. I'm trying to think of where I want to go with this. I think I'm going to go ahead and do this. I, I want our audience, uh, Jacqueline and Barbara both, uh, to listen to a clip from the audio book. This is uh, just a snapshot of Jacqueline's story that I recorded. But in this brief clip, probably about three minutes or so, we're going to hear from you about your thoughts on the larger hybrid program, your work with many individuals who are ready and willing to evolve their own consciousness, and your thoughts on hybrid children and your own personal experience. So we're going to take a little break, have you listen to this, and we will be right back. Let's take a listen. What do you understand to be the rationale for the hybrid program? Having hybrids present on Earth helps to raise humankind's frequency so that humans can evolve and embrace their cosmic family and embrace themselves as star beings. The hybrids are bridges in this way. With major paradigm shifts taking place, humanity is evolving into the new human. This means humankind's DNA is changing in ways which is allowing them to expand in consciousness. They are being activated by the higher frequencies and becoming aware that they have natural skills and talents which they haven't tapped into before because they weren't ready to handle them. This gives humanity an opportunity to develop their natural psychic abilities, such as clairvoyance and clairaudience. More people will be experiencing bilocation, teleportation, and learning how to heal themselves and others without having to deal with space-time constraints. Many hybrids are already in touch with these abilities and are using them to be of assistance to others. What do you know of the differences between Earth-based and non-Earth-based hybrids? The hybrids on Earth are working to support humanity in their evolutionary process, as well as Earth. The hybrids who are in other star systems and realms are also building bridges between various species throughout the cosmos. This includes Earth. Do you have your own hybrid children? I have over 40 hybrid children. With the updated hybridization techniques the star beings now use, a woman doesn't have to carry every child. They only need her DNA, say from a strand of hair. I had three hybrid children a few years ago, and I said, you know, guys, I think this needs to stop now for where I'm at in my life. And I feel that they are respecting that because I really needed that to end for me. But if they want to use DNA from my hair, for example, that's fine with me. When it was happening at 16 or 17, I wasn't aware they were taking my eggs, and that's probably a good thing. I took care of some of my children on the ship, and it was very hard to leave them. The beings told me that I have a daughter who's living in Russia, 
and that one of my sons couldn't be successfully integrated on Earth. So they took him to another place where he is doing work. He's an engineer who is creating wonderful new technologies and trying to bridge humanity with our cosmic kin. I know that I volunteered to be a part of the program, just as my hybrid children have. It's all good. It's just emotional. I can talk with them whenever. I just have to send out an invitation, and they begin communicating with me. They come as a group and speak to me with one voice. My star being families raised my children. I'm here on Earth, fulfilling my mission as a hybrid. I speak at conferences, teach workshops, and do private consultations with individuals about their lives, their star origins, and I assist some with processing their experiences with star beings. My entire life has been focused on sharing the message that love is everything, and we are all one. We are all one. That's a phrase we've heard often, but what does that really mean? What does that really mean? Jacqueline, give give us some thoughts on that. I'd love for you to talk about the hybrid children and particularly the way in which we can now get children, uh, hybrid children, particularly through through a hair strand. Wow. Lots there in that little clip. So give us give us a little elaborate a little bit on what we just heard. Well, when um, I talk about and they talk about we're all one um, energetically. It's true. We're we're all one. You know, if 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 every being on Earth drops their skin, they're light. We are all connected. We're all expressions of the Creator in in different forms and in different ways. So everything from you know a, a star being um, to a tree to an animal. Um, or a plant, a rock, we're, we're all one because everything is energy and everything is a different frequency. So we're all in different, we could say, manifestations of, of the creator. Um, but we're all that expression of one. And in talking with the star beings, um, they... You know, they, their focus is on the one. They do not worship anyone. And they just refer to the one as, as being everything, everything that exists. So that's how they think of, I, I like that. That's how I think of things. We're all one. And, and that we don't need to be worshiping, you know, there's that old concept of God in the sky, um, which is just, you know, doesn't really work. Um, and so they just, you know, they're very aware, they're more evolved than we are, and so can see that oneness from a different point of view, especially energetically and and we're all divine love which is everything you know we're the one we're the all and and so um you know they they don't box it in and that's why they just they just refer to it as the ones and so this is truth that this is the truth that they speak of and 
So um, in regard to hybrid children, um, the ways that many races are creating hybrid children now are much simpler. They tell me that they have to develop different technologies where they, they can take a strand of hair and create a hybrid child. Um, they did this a few years back. Um, now, when you say, when you, I'm they, sorry, when you say they, who are we talking about? Uh, the star beings himself. Okay. Themselves. Uh -huh. And different, different star races do it in different ways. So, so many of them now, I was told, are now, we could say, have updated or, you know, they, they continue to evolve just as we do. And so they took a strand of my hair, actually created three hybrid children from that strand of hair. They told me they were going to do it. So within my, we could speak about it, be, them being in my aura, I could see the three um, hybrid um well, I guess at that point they were embryos, but I could see them growing quickly because the rate that hybrid children grow is not the same as the time, you know, as time it takes for a human. How long does it take? Uh, is it shorter? Is it longer? Is it? It's, it's shorter. And again, it depends on what race we're talking about. So the Zetas, um, they... They can create a hybrid child and grow that child um, rather quickly. Um, it's it's even hard to lock a hybrid child into we could say a an age or anything. You know what I'm saying because they come in they're they're very evolved, and so so um, so they grow at different rates. You know. They can have a fully developed hybrid in two weeks of our time or in nine months or in three months. It all depends on the intention of what the hybrid child is being created for. I find this fascinating. I, I've got so many questions swirling around in my head um, about this. This is dynamic. And still, I don't know, for some of you listening out there, we have a very, very open, open, inquisitive audience. But, you know, this is these these concepts, uh, getting your arms around that, it, it can be, a, it's it's a lot to take in. But, I, you know, not doubting that it's possible, because I think anything is. But in terms of creating a hybrid child, say, from a strand of hair, would it be fair to say, or may I ask you, are some of these hybrids that are created in that way also some of them living on Earth? Um, yes, th this is part of the program that that they're integrating them on Earth um, to help raise the consciousness of humanity, and also, you know, to when a hybrid marries another hybrid or someone else, there are more and more hybrids being created, and the intention is to uh, help humanity evolve and to become more aware um, that 
that they're not, you know, they're not the only ones here, that they are, in fact, cosmic citizens, that these beings really are family. They're not separate, really. Again, we're all one. And that at least the ones I have connected with have very, very good intentions. Um, this is done from a place of deep caring about humanity, about the earth, um, about about the evolutionary process. So, so I've had um, good experiences, and and I haven't met my daughter who is in Russia, but I do have communications with she. Uh, came through and communicated me actually while, while I was on an airplane coming home from the UFO um, Congress this past year. She just came through and started talking to me and giving me messages. And so um, we're, you know, we just have this link. And so, and, and would I love to meet her? Of course, but, I also recognize there's a purpose why I'm not meeting her, <laughs> which which is uh, difficult sometimes. Emotionally. I'm sure. I don't. I, I would love to meet her. I, I, I'm going to send a message if I may. This uh, doesn't happen often for me, but every once in a while I get a little message myself. Jacqueline Smith, I have a feeling you're going to meet her. I have a, I have a oh. feeling you are. That would be fabulous. I do. I feel oh, strongly about that. So keep us posted. Oh, thank you. I think, I thank think you. there's something there. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more offline about it, but I'm getting a strong feeling. Barbara, I know you're getting lots of strong feelings, young lady. <laughs> Tell me. To- <laughs> and I was just feeling that Jacqueline is going to meet that daughter You did also. say. Before you said <gasps> that, I, I was picturing oh, yeah. it. I got it strongly. Yeah. I got it strongly. I, it's going to be out of the blue. Out of the blue. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> listen, yeah. Barbara, I, tell me something. Now, I'm getting a, a taste of this. I, I, I cannot get enough of talking about this book, about this concept. It, spending time with all of you has just been, I am just, just getting chills because this is just amazing. Did you get chills? <laughs> You've been at this for a long time, Barbara Lamb, doing this this stellar work in your field. Uh-huh. But are, is there ever a time where you never cease to be amazed? And was what happened during this process that you said, "Oh my God, I had no idea." Has how has this changed your life? Tell 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 us. Oh my goodness, uh, it was thrilling, um, absolutely thrilling, um, to interview each one of these wonderful people who are hybrids and I learned a lot from every single one of them now by the time we started interviewing them I had had plenty of experience in not only talking to people who had experienced extraterrestrial encounters um, but I had regressed so many of them you know probably at that time at least Oh, 17 or 1800 people and and some of those people I was able to work with for many regressions over a period of years so I had already been very very acquainted with the whole 
program of um, extraterrestrial beings interacting with human beings, or I should say with certain human beings. Um, but still, when we were interviewing the hybrids for this book, with every single one of them, I learned several new things. My my understanding of the whole process, the whole existence of these other beings just grew and grew and expanded and it was really wonderful. So every single interview that we did on Skype, Miguel Mendonca, uh, one hybrid at a time, and myself was a thrilling experience. And when we were doing these interviews, uh, we did a couple of them, which were very interesting, thrilling to me. And then I went to Russia and came back and had a stroke and was in bed for a few weeks, well, in and out of bed. And But the one thing that I always got up for was these interviews on Skype. Now, each interview with the hybrids. And they these interviews, I'm sure, really helped me to recover wonderfully, recover more rapidly and more thoroughly uh, because I've had no indication of, and for a long time now, no indication of having had a stroke. And part of what happened is that I was so intrigued and enthralled with hearing from these hybrids in our interviews. And part of it was that all of them have healing abilities. And so in some of these interviews, especially with Jacqueline, um, the person who could see me on Skype would send some healing to me through Skype and I would feel it and I'm sure that I benefited greatly from that. Also, another thing that happens sometimes during the Skype interviews is that one of them, uh, and then it happened with others as well, uh, one of them at a time would see some of the star beings standing right behind me. And how exciting that was. And before the person said that they were seeing maybe two or three of the star beings standing behind me, I had already felt something behind me. Felt kind of a warmth and a loving feeling. It was really nice. And then they said that, and it really clicked in that, oh, yes, I can believe it. I can accept it. I can know it, that right now these star beings are here. So it was a really amazing experience. And with Jacqueline, um, one of her remarkable, wonderful abilities is to give people their star origin readings. Uh, 
So we had a separate session, aside from the interviews, a separate session on Skype. And she told me about my lineage of incarnations from the very beginning. And each time she mentioned a group that I had been part of going way, way, way back in time, I had a burst of light and recognition going off in me with every single one of them. It was the most thrilling experience that I remember having ever. And she seemed to be completely on target. In other words, there was something in me that immediately recognized, oh, yes, I was part of Mm. that group of beings. I was in the celestial realms, as she said, for the first number of incarnations. And I recognized that in this lifetime, I had had a few incidents which really stood out for me, incidents of feeling that I was entirely light, that I wasn't even a physical body. I was light, a burst of light that lasted for several moments in each case. And I think that that was like a memory or a throwback to having been in a celestial realm of light as one of those beings long ago. When she mentioned the mantis beings that I had been part of, I was so happy. I was thrilled because in this lifetime, I have been very loving of the mantis beings and everything that I've known about them through the people I've regressed who have had experiences with the mantis beings and and so on with the dolphin-like beings and it, it just went on and on um, with the types of beings that she recognized that I had been. So she had this wonderful ability and I really appreciate that and I appreciated the healing that various ones of them uh, could actually give me. So I learned so much from them. It was really expanding. I could feel myself growing and expanding and enlarging. Uh, So it was really a a glorious experience to know these wonderful hybrids and and, uh, and have these experiences with them. To say this is a journey would be an understatement. This is a, a, a voyage of gargantuan proportions for you. You and I have talked about that, Barbara. I I knew part of this uh, story. And I don't know if you recall that when we first, it wasn't our first meeting. I think it was our, maybe our, no, maybe our second face-to-face when I came to your home before you moved. I don't know if you recall, I got the sense that there were some very tall, thin beings behind us. I don't know if you remember that. I did mention that to you. I yes, did. I, yes. I could sense them. I'm, I'm remembering mm-hmm. it yeah. now. So 
I think in terms of the oh, the recognition, great. that is the, the the most profound when when you are told something and it just resonates when when you say yes, I I, I think I understand, I think I think I know, and the fact that you talk about the sense of being this just this beam of light, I've heard that described before. And I think this lends also lends credence to what Jacqueline uh, said uh, in terms of the in expressing we are all one. When you take the sheath off, when you take the corporeal form off, uh, that is all we are. And light can't be separated, frankly. So you you got to experience that as well. So I think that's I think that's yeah. fantastic. Well, oh, it is. really is. Well, listen, for <laughs> this show just went by like that lickety split, but. I have a treat for for our audience and Barbara. Thank you, thank you so much for sharing that. That's very intimate. I know to you, uh, very intimate part of your yes. experience. So we're grateful that you uh, were kind enough to share that with us. I know our audience will appreciate that. But listen for for the oh, remainder of the show, Barbara. I don't want you to go anywhere because I want you to make a couple more comments before we go. But I want to focus Jacqueline on your more of your journey, particularly the relationship that you've cultivated uh, with whom you refer to as star beings and some of the messages that they may want to impart to those listening today, me included. And I would also love for you to maybe share a bit of a different language with all of us, that which you call light language. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a good run at this. Give, give us, yeah, 15 minutes or so if you like. I want you to take the helm Tell us your story. You've obviously given us a good dose of it, but maybe in a little bit more uh, chronology, however you'd like, and then maybe conclude with a light language message that can be shared with all of us. Sound sound good? Sounds okay. great. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. You're on, girlfriend. <laughs> okay. Um, gosh, I have been on and off the starship starships actually since I was three years old. And um, I loved being on the starships because it was all love and light. And those um, two who I refer to as my star parents, Zazu and Amitha, they loved me unconditionally. And they um, are the two beings who originally injected um, me when I was in the womb. So they definitely, uh, again, are my star guardians. And on the ship, I think I was quite a handful. I would have a great time running up and down some of the hallways. And also, they would be teaching me about the ship. I was there mo many, many nights through my childhood through my teens, and after that, I still visit them on the ship. So they taught me many things along with some other children um, to enhance my skills of being t uh, telekinetic with telepathy, clairvoyance, clairaudience, all of those skills to really enhance those so I could use those here on earth and and I had agreed to that um, before even coming in so on the ships on the holographic walls because on the ships it is not material it's not a solid wall they're holographic 
and they would have all types of, we could say, symbols or activation codes. And I used to stick my fingers in those codes, uh, in those symbols, and they would dance. And they would come off the holographic wall and surround me and move me. And, and they taught me a great, great deal about that. And also... I learned um, many different light languages, I'm calling them light languages on the ship, which means a number of their languages, because on the ship I was on, there were mantis, there were Arcturians, there were Zetas, there were all kinds of beings. So at a very early age, I was very acclimated to all these different wonderful star beings, and, and they supported me. Um, through through my childhood and and have supported me throughout my life so so I was often on the ship constantly and um, it, it has been a journey of putting the pieces together at 14 I looked I was in my backyard there was a starship it was a metallic um, metallic um, ship the oval or the circle i should say uh over my backyard and they had taken me up to take eggs they were starting to put me into the hybrid program but also what was interesting for me is a couple weeks before that happened i was really angry about some things with mom and dad as most teenagers are and I said, gee, I just want to get out of here. And I wish a UFO would come and get me. And within two weeks, there it was. <laughs> In the middle of the day, blue sky. And it did, it made right angles. And then I was on the ship. Then they placed me back on the earth. And the ship spun straight up so quickly. It's you can't even imagine. And so at, at that age, I was pretty much um, beginning to be aware of some of my roots. I was in the UFO club in high school, um, looking through numbers of Project Blue Book and, and all of that. And so I've had many, many experiences. I had some very key experiences around 2013 where I was told by the star beings to go in my backyard at midnight and I went out. There were seven starships around my, you know, around the area. They were dancing in the sky. And and as I'm watching that, amazed at that and just having a great time a portal opened up above my house and a craft came straight up and went over my tree. Literally, it was only 40 feet above me and shined lights in my eyes. And I, I felt like I was in a movie, you know, <laughs> and, and so it was just amazing. It was a quasi-physical organic ship and then it moved on and I had a two weeks of experiences of being often on starships, going in and out of other dimensions, 
And they asked me if I wanted to go on a mothership. And I said, of course. And so they said, lay down on the bed. We'll come and get you. I looked out the window, saw the uh, scout ship. Again, I felt like a movie. And gone. Had three days of missing time. And met many beings on the starship who really who I had known throughout different lifetimes, past lives, present lives, uh, future life lives, all these different timelines. So that was a great honor to experience that. They did different healing works on me, and they had me doing healing works on people on the ship as well. So, so that was pretty amazing. And um, I've actually written about that and will be putting in that at my website, hopefully in the next couple of months with photos. I had a friend of mine come over after this happened because they also put a crop circle around my house. <laughs> there were all kinds of symbols in the snow. This was on Thanksgiving and grass had grown up overnight, like five inches through the grass, which doesn't happen. And so I do have some photos I'm going to be sharing sharing with that. But I continue to go on the ships. I continue to have communications really on a daily basis. And a lot of the beings come and hang out with me at the house um, or, you know, give me communications. I draw a lot of symbols. They come through with a lot of transmissions for healings, um, to, the transmissions can be used for healing for people, it can be used for clearing, all kinds of things. So I have hundreds, hundreds of those, and um, they're all different, and they're quite amazing. They come from a wide variety of races, and I have communicated with well over 80 different races um, of beings who have come to me. So I, um, you know, I'm having a great time continuing to have the opportunity to share what I do. And light language, um, I love the light language because it bypasses mind ego. So we have the light language of the soul, which we can speak. But also often when I do light language sessions for people, the different star beings who who come through are connected to the person who I'm doing this with. And so I may have five or six different star beings speak through me with a light language, which is frequency, to help them get aligned, to release old patterns, and, and to just um, really help them be more joyful and, and aligned overall. So that's been a real, real gift for me to be able to do. Would you be able to share, Jacqueline, if it's appropriate right now, a little bit of that light language and if possible translate it? I don't know in what context we would do this, but I'll leave that up to you. What do you think? Sure. And, and sometimes they come through with translations and sometimes they don't. Because the most important thing is the frequency, because everybody gets it on the soul level, the higher self level, and in the cells of the body. So let me um, see who would like to come through. 
and speak. So I tiki da kawalea kata ila nioko ela kia kotera yasi kia na hola ila kia naka ila siki iniki inako ila shiki mako inia ina ino inia koela tiki anahao i ti iki inoka intaki inako anaha ha ha shaki iana tole yanaha yamahaya to ilaki indaka shaka Kwa ti ida kaya nakayaka aya. Muyana koete siya. Ano kiyata ida. Toela kayata ida kiki. Mama ida. Toeta hina kiyana. Oela kiyate ee. Ahama kiye kiyaka. Toe ki ina. Choke ina. Okay. So. So the beings who have come through the manta were at the end they like to laugh a lot they're very joyful and also the tall white zeta came through a bit um the pleiadians jumped in there for a few minutes as well and there were also um the dolphin light beings came through for a few minutes as well and what they want to say about this is that they all came through with blessings for everyone who is listening to this and they want to say how much they love the earth and that they are supporting earth and humanity in whatever ways they can with their frequencies and that they are all about love and joy and peace and so i really would like to thank them for coming through and sharing this today i thank them too thank you that was simply amazing oh boy i sensed i don't know what all of you out there uh all of you journeyers i call them what you felt but i i i, I did have a feeling i got a light sort of light, uh, beautiful feeling, pleasant, um, but obviously benevolent. Barbara, what about you? What did, what did you pick up? Oh, yes, it, it sounded very benevolent, very loving, and very light, you know, like lighthearted, like, like beings who are, are just so clear, clear and lighthearted and loving. It was wonderful. I love it. I'd love to hear more of that. Maybe we can one of these days. Oh, boy. Well, listen, thank you. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. And thank you to all of your partners, your family, your, 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 the beings, being with the beings. Another book, that little <laughs> plug from Miguel Mendonca. He's, he's a writing fool, he is. <laughs> and they're all wonderful. Yes. And through them, we have gained so much and I know there's so much more to gain. Well, listen, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Barbara, what can I say? You and Miguel put together a masterful and timely piece for the ages, I'd say. And again, oh, I you. want to just publicly express my incredible gratitude to both of you and all of you, really, for allowing me to be a part of this incredible and humbling journey. So thank you. Thank you, Jacqueline. And oh, let's see if I can name them all. Jacqueline and Vanessa and Cynthia. <laughs> 
and Matt and Jujuli and Robert and Charmaine. Who am I missing? <laughs> I think I got just about everybody in there. Thank, thanks to everyone for this and for all of those that we may not be able to see physically, but I have a feeling we know are around us and are supporting us. That's, that's a wonderful thing. Well, listen, we're going to wind up. But before we do, Jacqueline, I know you've got a lot going on, Barbara. I know you do, too. So I'm going to have each of you talk about Jacqueline. You've got a couple of fantastic books. It sounds like there's more to come. What do you have? What do you have on your wonderful website, which is JacquelineSmith.com? Tell us. Yes, thank you. At my website, um, there are many new things now going on there with um, all kinds of new exciting kinds of consultations and light language sessions with people and where I play singing bowls and using synthesizer where the starbings actually come in and play through me to really offer that to the person. So um, my I have two books, um, Animal Communication, Our Sacred Connection, and Star Origins wisdom of animals which those beings who are from other star systems came and asked me to write that book and I have CDs that people can purchase to you know actually sit down and communicate beautiful uh, and animals that's something that I I would love to look into more um so it, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more offline too. The animal communication I think is phenomenal, wonderful. We'll make sure to have a link so everyone can go directly there and see all the, the goodies you have. And Barbara, I know you're going to be on the road a bit. You're never slowing down. What do you have coming up for us for events and such? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have some conferences uh, coming up in the fall. Um, I in October, for instance, I will be speaking at. The Consciousness and Contact uh, Conference in Vermont, uh, which will be mostly experiencers of extraterrestrial contact there. And then I will be speaking at a group in New York City the next weekend. And then the following weekend, I will be speaking at the Philadelphia MUFON Conference. And in February... I will be speaking at the Conscious Life Expo. Oh, I'll see you there. In, uh, <laughs> we'll see you. Good. Yes, in Los yeah. Angeles. And um, yes, we've seen each other there before. And um, oh, in a couple of weeks, in um, August, I'll be speaking at the San Diego MUFON group. And, oh, there are, and, and then in December, I will be speaking at the San Diego IANS group, International Association of Near-Death Studies. So my interests are far and wide and all in this area of expanding knowledge about reality as it really is in terms of this, this universe full of Many, many excellent, wonderful living beings, some of whom we know about from our hybrids and other experiences. Excellent. I love that quote. 
I love that quote about the expansiveness of reality, what it really is, the true nature of reality, which is what uh, I think many of us are after to find out what it really is. Yes. It's vast for sure. Multi-dimensional Absolutely. Aspect. And this is, this is one of the many amazing things that I kept experiencing in doing the interviews with the hybrids for this book is the emphasis on the other dimensional beings and other dimensional happenings. You know, this is so we not only are in a physical universe, we're in a multi dimensional universe. And not only that, but we're probably residing within a whole series of universes. Interpenetrating. I've always felt that. I absolutely do. Yes. yes. That's great. Yes. Well, that's a that's a good cliffhanger for maybe maybe our next talk, maybe our talk at a Conscious Live Expo, we can talk about the multidimensional universe, because I think that's a big subject. But we're, we're going to yes. have to close out for now. We're a little over, but I think it was well worth it, because boy, got a lot to chew on here. Listen, I'm going to give Meet the Hybrids one more plug. Well, I'll probably give it a few more in the coming months. But I want you all to go to, uh, you can go to Audible, you can go to Amazon, you can go to iTunes, wherever uh, good audiobooks are sold and pick up the audiobook version or the paperback for that matter of Meet the Hybrids. We'll make sure to have a link uh, so you can get to it quickly. So once again, Barbara Lamb, Jacqueline Smith, my pleasure and honor to have you both on the show today. Don't hang up. Uh, I just want to thank you. We'll say a proper goodbye once we sign off. But uh, before we do, listen, a quick announcement to uh, the journeyers out there. Listen, guys, I'm going to be taking a couple of weeks off from work. I wish I could say to go on vacation, but that's actually not true. I'm going to be working on some other projects, uh, trying to get caught up. But I will be back, I promise, in full gear on August 29th. So that will be our next show, August 29th, 2018. In the meantime, I invite you to go on over to HigherJourneys.com to check out a bunch of stuff, including all of our archived shows. And, uh, and I think you'll enjoy the journey there. So once again, want to thank my guests today. And as always, I thank you all, you journeyers out there for joining us on this incredible journey. Thank you and take care. We'll talk to you soon.